Next on BYU Sports Nation, the new class. It's BYU Football Signing Day 2020. The latest class of Cougars includes several familiar names from the past and present. We'll tell you who. The head coach Kalani Satake joins us live with his 2020 Signing Day vision, as will coordinators Jeff Grimes and Elisa Tuiaki. Who's head of the class? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on 2020 National Signing Day. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us on this Wednesday, February 5th, alongside two-star cross-country prospect Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. I wish, man. I was an academic walk-on. That's what I was. Preferred walk-on? No, unpreferred. <laughs> I was not preferred. <laughs> That's a new one for me. I didn't even think I'd get into BYU. Yeah, I was, I was, just, an, I was an unpreferred walk-on. <laughs> I called my aunt because I was so excited I just got in. She goes, you got a scholarship? I said, no, I just got in. She goes, oh. Still, <laughs> Getting into BYU is an accomplishment I, in and of itself. It was for me. I will congratulate Given you. Congratulations my, on getting it, into BYU. Listen, I didn't come here to go to school. came here to do be, broadcasting. And to man. be a fan of BYU athletics, right? Yeah. I took one trip to BYU-Idaho. No offense, but I was like, there ain't no sports here. I'm out of here. I, I, it's great for some people. I know. I, I love uh, the people that go there, but it wasn't for me, right? And I thought I was going to Utah State. Fun fact. Because I didn't think I'd get in here. Yeah. But I got in. Yay! Well, Thank, I'm glad you ended up here. Thanks to all those clubs I put down or whatever. <laughs> yeah, anyway, today is a great day for BYU football. Uh, a lot of these guys aren't going to play for a few years. Several will. We're going to focus on some of those guys, too. Uh, we're going to talk to coaches. Uh, we're going to tell you the new assignees. But at some point in the future, we're going to go, oh, remember when that guy signed? That was a big deal, right? Like, I can remember when Fred Warner signed. That was a big deal. And then he played in the Super Bowl on Sunday. So who knows if one of these guys is the next Fred Warner? This is quite the decision day, and you joke about not going to Utah State. How much has your life changed because of the school you decided to go to? Yeah, I probably should have gone somewhere else. I'd make a lot more Pretty money. Well, I'm glad I didn't end up in Price, Utah. <laughs> that's for sure. Don't tell that to the president of this university. Well, I got, I got an earful at the bowl game about Price, <laughs> and it was merited. <laughs> Today we are signing on the dotted line. For an absolutely loaded show, including every official member of the BYU football February signing right class. Right There it is. Who better than the head coach, Kalani Satake, to give us perspective on the guys BYU just signed. Also, Jeff Grimes, his offensive coordinator, and Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator. But first, your Wednesday BYU Sports Nation headlines. The signing day spotlight will shine brightest on new members of this 2020 BYU football recruiting class today but let's catch everyone up to speed on what happened before christmas the cougars already introduced 13 signees officially back in december including three-star receiver cody epps out of los angeles there is quarterback soljay mayava of hawaii and three-star linebacker josh wilson the younger brother of byu quarterback zach wilson don't forget nine mid-year additions heavily influenced by return missionaries. Sophomore forward Gavin Baxter was cleared to play by doctors and participated in practice yesterday. What? Mm-hmm. Last night on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, according to the coach, says it might take some time for Baxter to be ready. Uh, but Gav was actually in some live play today and, and looked pretty good. Um, you know, this healing process is complicated because um, 
you know, he's healed now to a point where we can start to consider him taking some soft contact, and it's just a matter of how quickly he regains complete full strength uh, to where he can support not just his shoulder but the rest of his body after sitting for four months. Baxter was believed to be out for the season with a shoulder injury prior to the year. No timetable, as mentioned, for his return has been set. Cougs play at Portland tomorrow night. BYU basketball's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Hawes, has signed to play the remainder of this season with Redabet Bilbao Basket in Spain's top professional hoops league, Liga ACB. Good for Ty, and best of luck to him. What a week for the Haas family. TJ's a hero, new father, and now his older brother Tyler is headed back to play elite-level hoops in Spain. And we thought Ty was retired, so this is uh, quite the move. That's great. And BYU seniors David Ball and Sean Hill were named the first West Coast Conference men's tennis doubles team of the week after defeating the Buccaneers of East Tennessee State and the Wildcats of Weber State. Buccaneers, and don't you forget it. (laughs) I I didn't. (laughs) All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Signing day 2020, and the obvious trending topic is a new class of BYU football Cougars. So let's get right to it and introduce them. Starting with wide receiver Devin Downing, 6'2", 175 pounds, out of American Fork High School. This, the words of the BYU recruiting staff, came up big in every game, including playoffs, to help a young freshman quarterback. And remember Chase Roberts, the four-star receiver from American Fork High School in 2018? Devin Downing was on the other side. So this is a tandem being reunited at BYU. Here's wide receivers coach Fessy Satake on why he wanted Devin in Provo. Devin Downing is, has a, been a guy that's just produced his whole career. I mean, he had over 100 receptions this year as a senior, um, had an amazing stats last year as a junior, has been a first-team All-State guy multiple times. He just produces and um, makes plays. Um, I love that he's a multi-sport athlete, runs track and plays basketball. Um, just a very coachable kid. Doesn't say a lot. Um, he he's very similar to me in terms of Gunnar Romney, in terms of personality, uh, very, very mellow, low-key, but you put him on the field, you can tell he plays with some passion. He's one of several mission-first Cougar signees. Yeah, so most, most of these are. You can like. plan on seeing him in, like, 2023. The schedule will still be hard that year, by the way, Jerem. I think so. And he was obviously a big part of American Fork High School's success. Devin Downing. The last two years, he has 3,000 receiving yards and 38 touchdowns. I mean, just numbers. It's it's hard. To, it's hard to have put up a bunch of numbers and say, yeah, that guy's not good enough for this level. No, no, no. This guy can come in and compete. And uh, one seventy five certainly is going to gain weight when he comes back from his mission. Um, but a three star guy going to be with Chase Roberts. Those two were really good at uh, American Fork. So that's awesome. Okay, next up, Jake Griffin, O lineman, six six. 265 out of Mesa, Arizona, Red Mountain High School, three-star, committed last week. Utah had great interest, so always great uh, to steal a potential Ute, right? Heavily recruited by at least five Pac-12 schools. Wow. Mission first guy. Here's Eric Mateos on Jake Griffin. So Jake is a really long, athletic uh, athlete, a guy who's relatively new to playing O-line full-time, very physical, has a lot of work to do on technique. He reminds me a lot of of uh, Brady Christensen in uh, his high school film. There's a lot of uh, parallels there. I really believe that once he's able to to play uh, O-line full-time and not be playing 160 snaps a game in a high school setting, I think we'll really see him shine. 
when he gets back from his mission, he's going to be able to put on the right kind of way. He's got broad shoulders, long arms, and he's willing. Two thoughts there. One, the Brady Christensen comp is awesome because mm-hmm. Brady Christensen is an NFL prospect. And two, he was playing both sides of the ball, apparently. So 160 snaps a game. He wasn't even focusing on offense per se. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, mission first guy. We'll see him in a couple of years. Joining the, according to Pro Football Focus, best position group coming back for BYU in the approaching years. On with another wide receiver for BYU, Miles Davis, 6'1", 193 pounds. He's listed as a defensive back slash wide receiver, but looks to have a future at wide receiver, we think. He would help immediately. Coaches use the word clutch to describe this kid. He would be a great compliment to Cody Epps, the three-star wide receiver that already signed back in December from Los Angeles. And again, this is a fun scenario because Davis played both defensive back and wide receiver at a high level in high school. And the BYU coaching staff, has taken notice. Fessy Satake likes him as a potential playmaker at receiver. Um, <clears throat> he's a guy that is just dynamic. He's got speed. He's a junior Olympic track kid. Um, a receiver is, was his primary position in, in high school, and so I think that's, that's one draw we have naturally. That's, that, that was his primary position. And so I think any time we can get a, a vertical threat like him, um, I think it's just the positive, and and he's also a guy we can potentially, you know, hand the ball off to and, and let his speed, um, you know, make make some plays for us. And so, uh, you know, exactly where he lands his feet and what what he plays more primarily is kind of to be determined. We're just excited for the type of athlete and young man we're getting in him. And while Fessy and the offensive staff view Davis as yes, a playmaking pass catcher who can do a lot of different things, stretch the field, other members of the staff may have a different plan in mind for Miles Davis, like cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford. Miles Davis, um, you know what? He might be one of the most explosive kids that, um, that we've signed at BYU. We're talking about a kid who um, is going to make the junior Olympics in the 400 and possibly the 200. Um, he plays receiver, but um, if you know me, I always like to steal guys who play receiver and, and switch them to DB. So um, that's kind of the, the mode that I'm in now, um, a guy who's already – Six six one hundred ninety pounds, but just explosive, dynamic, great ball skills. Now, Miles is a guy that does not have a backdrop with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, but his mom was play right away. raised in Ogden, so they know Utah, and she's all about BYU and Miles Davis and the connection that they're going to have in this environment. Speed, that's what I saw on film. Woo! Speed and. We'll always take the, this. Also, does he play saxophone? It sounds like a jazz musician. Like, I, I love the idea of Miles Davis coming in. That, that sounds awesome. Great. Speed. Amazing. And he looks like he has good hands, so uh, keep him at receiver. Sorry, Gennaro. Yeah, if he starts yeah. dropping passes or whatever, okay. Yeah, then, then, then you, you can then talk you go, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But All right. No, that's awesome. Okay, next up, a guy familiar to the audience, but uh, it's great to have him because he was wanted by a lot of people. Tate Romney. Linebacker. I got a son named Tate. I love that name. Another Romney brother. Another Romney. So this is the this is the younger brother of Baylor and Gunner. So Chandler, Arizona, 6'3", 220. Uh, this is one of the best players in the class. Mission first, 115 tackles last year, 13 tackles for last, seven sacks. Three-star, recruited by five Pac-12s, Kansas State, Vanderbilt among them. Uh, good academics there for Tate Romney. This is a guy that uh, BYU still had to get at the last second. It wasn't a guarantee just because his brothers were here that he was going to come here. But this is a big deal. The film on this guy is impressive. He looks like he could play right away. Like if he didn't go on a mission, that he could play and contribute in some capacity to BYU right now. Here's Ed Lamb, his position coach, on Tate Romney. 
Tate is one of several in this class, family affairs, and in fact, several linebackers. But uh, what I've learned is you can't have enough uh, Romneys on the team. So we're excited about Tate. Tate's 6'3", 220. He's got a lot of versatility. I see him as uh, potentially playing any of our linebacker positions. Very reckless on the field. Fills up a stat sheet. Sacks, tackles for loss, interceptions. Uh, He's a tackling machine. This guy looks awesome, and I love what we see on film. I love what we've seen from his brothers, obviously, athletically. They're at uh, this level. But he is the perhaps thickest, strongest version of a Romney because he's a linebacker, man. He's 220. Yeah, when Ed Lamb said tackling machine, I just thought of Bobby Boucher. Tackling fuel. The pads are a little smaller, (laughs) but yes. (laughs) Let's stay with the linebackers and talk about Bodie Schoonover. 6'4", 214 pounds, another mission-first guy. He was ultimately deciding between UCLA and BYU, picks the Cougars. While he is listed as a linebacker, BYU coaches say he's a developmental player physically, just a good athlete overall. Uh, and I think that he's a guy that will get big enough to eventually play on the defensive line. He played tight end as well at American Fork High School. And how about the pipeline that American Fork High School is putting out for BYU football? Yeah, it used to be just all lone peak, it felt like, right? But American Fork doing a good job in the rivalry there. Uh, last minute, chose BYU over UCLA. So that's awesome. And then you lo- I, love, I love the height. I love the ability to either... Be a tall backer, kind of like what Keenan Peely is right now at 6'3", 6'4". Um, but this was a talented guy. He got hurt his senior year. Otherwise, he would have been on the radar a little more. Uh, but this is a, this is an awesome last-minute get. BYU had three dudes that were kind of last-minute. They got two of the three. Bodie was one of them. Ed Lamb on Bodie and his potential. This goes about 6'4", and maybe 220 pounds right now. He has a ton of development potential. I think he can play... All of the linebacker positions, potentially even a defensive end, defensive line position. Excited about his future and uh, his runway, his potential in the program. And um, another winner. He's a guy that's played in state championship games, tremendous leader for a local high school for us, and grew up a BYU fan. You heard Coach Lamb just mention that Bodie is a BYU fan, grew up that way. Well, here's proof after you see his highlights. Little Bodie all decked out in his BYU gear. Now, this is cool because a dream is being realized. Oh, man, and it's like the terrible jerseys, right? With so the he's, tan. So he's a real fan. Uh, he's going to upgrade to something much better than yes. what he has on there. Oh, the navy and the oh, the tan's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> if he wore the tan, he's a real fan. You know what I mean? That's, That's awesome. True. You can survive that. You can survive anything. That last anything. highlight we showed, we should have warned the audience. I mean, that was, that was gruesome. Just plowing over a, a poor like sophomore from Payson or something. I don't I don't know what happened. Wow, <laughs> that poor Jeez. sophomore from Payson. Man, Bodie, he looks good. <laughs> okay, next up, Logan Peely, another name uh, familiar. Obviously, uh, Trajan and Keenan. This is his younger brother. Uh, their younger brother, six one two zero five from Provo, uh, Timfew High School, three star, mission first. Very smart player, heavily recruited. At one point, there was interest from Michigan State, UCLA, Penn State, Stanford. Played in the Polynesian Bowl. Here's Ed Lamb on Logan Peely. Uh, really excited about this this uh, latest Peely for us. Cannot have enough Peelys in the program. Uh, Logan is uh, has played safety, linebacker, even lined up at the line of scrimmage. Have been a blitz threat for his team here locally at Timpview. Um, tremendous athlete with a lot of development potential and another guy that can play all of the linebacker positions for us. And that's awesome because you're going to continue to have that Peely pipeline. And Keenan was a guy that at times was pretty good for BYU. He got banged up uh, in the USC game on the first play. But 
kind of longer, uh, lean guy, and those guys have been really solid for BYU. And uh, their sister, Carolyn, uh, worked here. She married um, Ronai Lelupucha. We love Carol. So we love the Peely family. It's cool to see these legacy names showing up, not just in a few instances, but all over the board. I mean, we've got Wilsons and yeah. Kofusis no. and Romneys. There have been ones that have been missed the last couple of years, right? Like Britton Covey was one that was tough. And, uh, you know, one of the Reeds, obviously, uh, goes to Stanford. So th- those are tough. It's nice. And I, they don't have to come to BYU. But it's nice when they do because sure. there's a legacy here. There's familiarity, right? Um, uh, you know, Kafusi is a name that we've heard forever. Perhaps we'll have another one today. We'll see. Yeah, and now um, Peely, right? Yeah, and, and Peely, which is awesome. Uh, you know, you kind of know what you're getting out of the family, right? And it's consistency, it's athleticism, and it's tackling machines. All right, we move on with John Nelson, a defensive lineman. 6'4", 260 pounds out of Salem Hills High School. Yeah, three-star, mission-first, ready-made defensive lineman. Cousin of former USC linebacker Porter Gustin okay. from Salem as well. Uh, could be a, a tackle, perhaps an end. Well, Lauren Gustin plays basketball for BYU Women's Hoops. She's just redshirting this year. There you go. So uh, Cousins, uh, you know, Sunday dinners just built in already for John. Uh, but mission first, here's Elisa Tuiaki on John Nelson. Yeah, John, John is another raw, uh, big, talented athlete. I mean, he, in this, in this class, um, he would be the one that I would I would uh, label as just one of the freaks. I mean, he's a guy that shouldn't be running that fast for how big he is and shouldn't be moving the way he is. And, and I think his athleticism, is, as well as uh, what he brings to the table, is going to be, be good for us. It's, uh, you know, normally, in the normal walk of life, it's not good to be called a freak, but uh, in this sense, it's fantastic. Sure. So, uh, yeah, John Nelson, one of the freaks. Uh, <laughs> said. The freaks come out at night. Yeah, if it's like a psych counselor, that's not the one you want labeling you that, you know? But football coach, fantastic. Okay, we were talking about legacy families. How about this? Preston Rex, six feet, 187 pounds, defensive back out of San Clemente, California, son of Byron Rex, former All-American tight end at BYU, brother to Isaac, although he's much shorter than Isaac. Preston enjoys contact, physical, tough, reliable guy. He excelled as a safety his senior year of high school, and BYU wanted him to play safety. They told him, okay, play that, focus on that in high school, and he was a stud. Uh, Clearly, the Cougars really excited about him. Strong personality like his dad. He's built to be a leader, and he was recruited by the military academies, which tells me one thing, Jerem, he's a doer. He's a do- I'm Air Force, Army, Navy, they all wanted this guy. He chose BYU. Here is Preston Rex in the words of secondary coach Preston Hadley. Uh, Preston, uh, he brings a lot of physicality, which is something we're high on here at BYU. Uh, he's a natural leader. He, you, you, as, you, you know, as you get to know him and talk to his high school coaches, you know, they, they rave about him, about what he does for the team, uh, not just on the field but off the field. Uh, BYU family, you know, he's all in for BYU, and he's been a great advocate for the program already in, in helping uh, sign other players already in his class. So really excited to have him, uh, natural playmaking ability. Um, he's just everything that we want in a safety here at BYU. Preston Rex, come on down. Love it. Yeah, Isaac already on the team, right? Um, so, yeah, those guys could play a year or two together, it looks like. Awesome. Ty Burke, defensive back next up. 6'1", 175 out of Syracuse, Utah. Fast, mission first guy to uh, track scholarship offer to Weber State. Again, Preston Hadley on Ty Burke. So, Ty, he's a great combination of size and speed. Currently ranked as the number one uh, 
athlete in the in the state right now at the 100 meter <coughs> dash. Um, so we're really excited about just his potential and what he brings. I, I believe he had track offers already. Uh, same thing, another kid who grew up loving BYU, in-state kid, which uh, we love here. And uh, we're, we're just really excited to have him. I mean, he could even be a receiver if needed. But right now we, we like him at safety, great ball skills, and a really versatile athlete. I love those words, track guy, because that means speed, coordination, good footwork. I like all of that. Yeah, and multi-sports, always good, right? Um, always, always encouraged, in my opinion, to play mul- multiple sports. And, yeah, track is all about speed uh, in terms of the running element of that. Yeah. Up next, another linebacker and another legacy name. Yes, another Kafusi right. will be at BYU. Ace Kafusi. How about that name? 6'2", 210 pounds, choosing between BYU and Utah primarily, obviously going with the stretch Y. He is a potential linebacker. They, they could move him to some other places, Jerem, but another Kafusi is back. Ed Lamb on the latest of the Kafusis. Really excited about uh, about Ace as well. Ace is probably has the most development potential. He's a, on the light side right now at 190 pounds, full 6'3", 6'4" and um, has a big frame with a lot of room to grow. Very athletic, plays offense, defense, kicking game, plays in the defensive backfield, up front on the line of scrimmage, does a lot for his team, and uh, just one of the most positive uh, attitude guys that I've been around. Now, what's interesting about these developmental players is this is where coaching becomes such an important and significant part of where these guys go. I mean, that, there's a lot of pressure. You've got to put them in the right place to be successful, and that's on the coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hardly any of these guys are ready to come in and play right away and have a major impact, right? Uh, physically, they need to develop. The number one coach they get to is the strength and conditioning coach. Amen to that. Okay, we move on with Dean Jones. And Dean Jones at defensive back, six foot two inches, 190 pounds, out of Phoenix, Arizona, North Canyon High School product. Preston Hadley, once again, on another addition to his defensive back room. Uh, Dean Jones, a lot of length, a lot of speed, uh, natural playmaking ability. He could line up at corner or at safety. You know, when he gets here, we, you know, we'll we'll figure that out. Um, another kid, you know, coming from Arizona, uh, super competitive player. Love that about him, and just a great human. I mean, really, really cerebral, really smart. Okay, when he says a great human being, uh, there's there's not a better compliment than that. Okay. Good student, I, smart, smart kid. That's great. I want him, want to, him to produce play on the play. Yeah, I want him. Whatever. Yeah. I, if he's a mean sucker, whatever, man. Yeah. Next up, Petey Tui Pelotu, athlete, six three one ninety. Another it's, legacy it's, name, it's right? It's the theme of the day. Peter's son, uh, brothers Ben and Hank are on the team. Ben's getting back from mission. Hank is recovering from a knee surgery. Uh, tight end, Fort Mills, South Carolina, three star, forty seven catches, eight hundred thirty two yards, ten touchdowns last year, but also. 66 tackles, seven tackles for loss. So, athlete, they're going to figure out where he fits best. Obviously, a son of Peter who played here from 88 to 91. Uh, here's the star of BYU Sports Nation, Preston Hadley on uh, PD2 Ebolojo. <laughs> a lot of length, a lot of physicality. Uh, he has the ability to play multiple positions as well. He did it in high school, which you'll see on his film. Um, again, he's another guy. He's going to come in immediately, which we see him having the ability to contribute immediately. And uh, really excited about him. 
How cool is it that all three brothers could be on the field at some point this season? Hank, Ben, and Petey could all be playing this year for BYU. Is Petey not uh, mission first? He will play one year oh, play and one then year. go on a mission. Cool. So all three bros, that's wild. I mean, his parents are buying a place in Utah probably so that they can come watch all three of their kids play and keeping their home in South Carolina. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, back to the offensive side of the ball for a name that just came in. Uh, Koa Eldridge, wide receiver, six foot 190 out of Honolulu, Punahou, uh, planning on playing baseball as well. So Jaron Hall, uh, meet your new homie, Koa Eldridge. Uh, played in a lot of big games, uh, mission first guy. And uh, here's uh, someone not named Preston Hadley. His name's Fessy Sitake on Koa Eldridge. Koa Eldridge, I think, is <clears throat> he uh, defines kind of what a BYU guy is. Um, just Great work ethic, a very humble kid. He's got, you know, he's great with his academics, very driven young man. Um, and he's another one that's just produced uh, at a very uh, prestigious high school, private high school, Punahou in Hawaii, who's produced a lot of good players. Um, the way he's just been able to just go to work and and um, be, be a leader on his team, I think it gets me really excited. And I think he's going to bring that same um, drive and work ethic and leadership uh, here uh, when he's able to join us after his mission. So a couple years away, but Cole Eldridge, another uh, receiver this time from Puno. I just saw that stadium, and I had some bad memories come back from the bowl game. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Coming up, BYU getting some help from a Ute, perhaps the biggest name in today's signing. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes certainly excited about that name. And what does he think of the overall offensive class? We'll hear from him next. This is BYU Sports Nation on Signing Day. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Stay tuned uh, at the top of the hour, a re-air of BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel. Recap the win over St. Mary's. Deep Blue features Jake Chulson's return to BYU and what goes into every pregame handshake. It's at the top of the hour, right after BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. It is 2020 signing day, February 5th. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's get right back to the signees. And just a few minutes ago, BYU making it official with a graduate transfer, Devontae Henry Cole, a headliner from the University of Utah at running back. 5'9", 197 pounds, speedy, physical back from Boca Raton, Florida. 5.2 yards per carry most recently and a hopeful game-changer for the Cougars. Here's BYU running backs coach A.J. Stewart on Devontae Henry Cole. DAC, he brings, obviously, a veteran presence as a grad transfer. That's uh, number one, and uh, he's just a playmaker. You get him opportunity in space, he's going to make good things happen. Great top end speed, great feet, um, d- determined uh, guy whenever he's on the field. I love what I see on film and excited to be able to work with him moving forward. Devontae Henry Cole, run DHC, football junkie. He's got a very interesting backstory coming from Florida. He's a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That happened while he was at the University of Utah. Being a Miami guy and playing behind Zach Moss, it's hard not to get lost in that shadow because Zach Moss was so good. Right. This, this is an opportunity for him to shine at BYU. And who better than BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes to talk about DHC. Coach, welcome to the program. Another signing day. Why was Devontae Henry Cole such a big get for BYU? Well, I think just like last year, we felt like we could upgrade our team. And we're all, that's what you're always doing in recruiting, right? Same as, as – um, 
what the NFL is doing, getting ready for this draft. Everyone's trying to upgrade their their team, upgrade their talent, and we felt like um, with the loss of a couple of guys at that position um, and a couple injuries again this year that that we could be helped by a guy that has experience and can come in and add something in terms of maturity. And uh, and he once we found out he was available, obviously a Rod had a, a a connection, a relationship with him already. As I got to know him. As AJ got to know him, it just seemed like he was going to be a perfect fit. He's what we're looking for athletically, a lot of speed and a strong packed up body. You know, he's not um, the tallest, but he's thick and he's strong, not afraid to run between the tackles and finish runs in a physical manner, not afraid to block. And so I'm really excited about what he can do for us. What, uh, last year, you signed two grad transfers, now a grad transfer in this situation. What is it about grad transfers that is enticing for BYU? Well, I think it's kind of like signing a JC player. You you take a guy when you have a specific need, or if that guy is just the right fit and he's such an exceptional player that he's an upgrade for you in terms of talent. And I think in, in both last year and this year, um, each of those situations, it just fit the position that we were in at running back. Jeff Grimes with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at this whole class offensively overall, what do you like most about uh, the group you bring in? I think we filled the needs that um, that we needed to fill with the right kind of people. I mean, I feel like every every guy on this list is is our kind of guy, and I feel like we filled the needs that we needed to fill. Um, you know, you always start with a quarterback, and so we got a quarterback. Um, the two positions that we didn't necessarily need a lot of immediate help in, offensive line and tight end, because we have a lot of numbers there and we have some return missionaries coming back. We signed a couple of linemen, but those are guys that will be gone for a couple of years on missions and then we'll see them back. Um, but then our immediate needs were in the skill positions at receiver and running back, and so I really feel good about the guys that we signed there. You know, five receivers. Um, two of which will be gone on missions, but three of which will be here with us in the fall, and then the three running backs as well. Cody Epps is a guy that kind of stuck out. Um, is he a guy that can come in and uh, perhaps contribute right away this year? Yeah, I sure hope so, and, and I hope that's the key. I hope that's the case with, with all the receivers that we signed. You know, we lost three valuable seniors um, in Micah, Talon, and Aleva, guys that had a lot of production here over the last few years. And so uh, we're hopeful that that all three of those guys can come in and, and fill a role for us next year. Um, but Cody, I think, certainly will be able to, a guy that's just had a monstrous high school career. Um, I think he's the kind of guy that's that's a football junkie and is going to show up from day one and um, and be ready to compete to play, not just be happy to be here. What was his connection or draw to BYU? Um, I don't think that there was a natural connection other than the fact that, um, you know, A-Rod and Fessy have have built a great relationship with him. Both of those guys recruited him primarily, and then all of us got involved. But um, I think it just ended up being the right fit for him. I think he recognizes that we have – we have uh, um, good quarterbacks here. We're going to throw the football and, and just, you know, it's fairly close to home for him. It seemed like the right fit. It's hard not to notice the speed of a guy like Miles Davis. And there's a fun scenario because Gennaro Guilford's always kind of nipping at your heels like, hey, I, I could use him as a defensive back as well. What, what do you see in the future for Miles Davis at wide receiver? I think Miles is a guy that could do a lot of things. And obviously, we're still fighting over him a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think that's a positive thing. If you have guys on your team who can do multiple things, then you can fit them in 
as as um, need requires it. Um, but he's a guy that's got a lot of speed. I think was probably under recruited a little bit, but. Um, Wherever he ends up, I think he'll have success. I think he's the right kind of kid, and he's got the tools. How do you balance uh, as an offensive coordinator and, and play caller there of, okay, these are guys I'm getting right away and I can work with versus, okay, th- these are some talented kids, but I'm not going to get them for a couple years. How do, you, how do you balance that? Yeah, that's a challenge, more so obviously than anywhere else. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Excel documents that can <laughs> immediately update um, because yeah, it is a revolving door. Um, and so you're not just looking at this year, not just looking at next year. You're looking at the year beyond that as well. And and some talented guys who are, who are out serving their missions um, and may come back this summer or next summer, but also a recognition with them that, that in most cases they're not probably going to be ready to step on the field for a while as well. Coach, we know this is a super busy day, so we appreciate you taking some time with us and coming to hang out with us in Studio B, and congratulations on a lot of hard work paying off. Well, thanks. It was a lot of hard work, and and I think we've got a great staff, and everyone worked hard together, and we're really proud of this group. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Jeff. You got it. Okay, coming up, Kalani Sitake, and which players could make the most immediate impact from the class. And defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki on his defensive signees and the agendas that come with them. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thursday night, BYU men's basketball plays at Portland. That's tomorrow night in the next West Coast Conference game. Listen to it on BYU Radio, pregame 9 Eastern time. Signing day 2020, BYU Sports Nation special. Welcome back to Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. We just spoke with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Now it's time for the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki, to sound off on his most recent group of signees. Coach, welcome. Great to have you with us. Okay, a lot of defensive guys come in. You look at this group, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Length and speed, that's always, that's always been the goal, and it's, uh, I think it'll always be a deal when you're talking about getting kids that you can develop and kids that will come in and fill in, uh, especially after missions. I mean, that's, that's always going to be uh, important to us in, in our classes. What was a uh, targeted need or needs in this class for you? You know, I think, I think um, you know, it, it always y- – y- the way that we allocate our scholarships and the way that it, it goes, you're always going to have a couple of DBs in your class. You're always going to have a couple of D linemen and – and backers really um, are just are just the ones that are are a little bit more. There's a little bit more of them out there as far as us being able to get them. And so we'll, you know, as Coach Sitaka said in the past, we'd never never turn down a, a great player. And there's some kids that we ended up, um, you know, ended up getting late that we thought were going kids that would come in and be difference makers in our program before or after the mission. And and uh, so not really a need as far as just what we're going for. It's just kind of filling in some of the spots of, uh, of kids coming and bringing in kids that we can develop um, and uh, moving forward with it. Getting those guys late, you mentioned. Who are some of those guys? You know, Bo- Bodie was, mm-hmm. was a guy that, uh, you know, obviously was committed to us earlier and, and uh, wanted to make sure that it was the right place for us. And we wanted to make, the, make sure that that was the right decision for him as well. And getting him always thought – uh, way back then when we offered him the first time. He was a difference maker as well as Tate Romney. I mean, those those guys I think are, are difference makers and just their abilities and their length and physicality and the way they play. We we showed a picture of uh, Bodie Schoonover, uh, <laughs> and, and he had on the tan and the – the navy it's just it's just the worst color scheme we've had you know what i mean but he still had that on as a kid he's a lifelong he was, BYU fan he was gonna be here so way to lock that up <laughs> oh there it is like there it like is. That, that jersey is the worst jersey outside yeah. of the bibs sorry kalani well, in more, BYU history more importantly that's that's uh that's concussion waiting to happen 
We've got to make <laughs> sure that we shore up that helmet and get yeah, things exactly. strapped on the right way. Certainly he'll get a, a helmet that fits. Yeah. <laughs> what guys in this defensive group do you see contributing right away? You know, uh, I, I, the, the, the defensive backs, the, the, the safeties and the corners that come in, I think those guys are a little bit more uh, ready physically than some of the other guys coming in. You know, obviously linebackers, but we've got a lot. We played with a lot of young linebackers, and so um, bringing guys in that will continue to develop, I think they'll have to uh, earn their place on the team as, as well as just on the field. And there's a lot of good backers that we bring back, but uh, in the defensive backfield, um, it's always going to be good co- competition there. I want those guys to push each other. Um, at the defensive line spot, sometimes that takes a little bit of time just to get caught up with all the other guys that have been been lifting and, and training and, and doing that. And so physically, I think defensive line takes a little bit longer. But, uh, you know, certainly in, in the backfield with our, our corners, our safeties, hoping that some of those guys come in. I mean, Miles Davis is a guy that may be one of the fastest guys that we've ever we've ever signed as a as a – is an athlete, right? Receiver DB, and he's gonna, and you know, this this spring and track is probably gonna end up being a sub forty-seven, uh, four hundred meter guy, like just Whoa. really, really explosive, strong, strong athlete. Could he play both sides of the ball? He can. He can. Now we've heard this with Troy Warner, you know, like when's someone actually gonna do it? You know what I'm saying? I, I think it, it's got to it be the, Davis. We will see. We'll see. You know, <laughs> he he's got the capability. And there's there's guys on the team now that have that have uh, been recruited as athletes. Um, that have the capability, but you know, with the complexity of schemes at this level, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Um, you know, Kalani coached somebody at Utah that you know played in the league for a long time, that played both sides and was was really good. And, and it didn't happen for him until later in his career. I think when he just completely understood the defense, spent more time in practice and offense. But Eric Weddle, uh, is that, yeah, yeah, is he is he still playing? Did uh, you just retire him on accident? I don't know if he's playing. Is he retired? He's still playing, right? He's still playing. He's still playing. Yeah, yeah. He's still playing. No, don't I, retire I, I apologize, him, man. man. I apologize. <laughs> hey, and you've had some defensive guys play both sides. Kyrus Tonga, Diane Gawoluku, right? You know, yeah. You know, a couple guys with yeah, touchdowns. Sure. Okay. You know, scrum pack. You're right. You know, give credit where credit's due. And you bring up a great point. Which position is the most ready for, say, a freshman to come in and play right away? Like a JC guy, I would assume any position, right? Yeah. But a yeah. freshman. I, I, you know, I would, I would probably think corner spot, just mm. especially if you're playing a lot of man and that's kind of your deal. It's like, okay, you're, you're long enough, you're fast enough. Um, you know, getting the schemes is, is always the thing. Is kind of you know, whether whether or not he uh, is able to get it, but but that's normally the spot there. You see a lot of guys, young guys come in, and 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 you've really seen us for the last four years kind of take lumps with some of the young guys, but then um, those guys, you know, the things pay. You know, Pays dividends when they end up playing a little bit later. So Isaiah Heron, for instance, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, some sometimes he he looked uh, really seasoned. Sometimes still looked like a freshman. But we feel we feel this year that uh, he's a lot farther ahead at this point in his career than Chris Wilcox was. And Chris Wilcox is is the man in that room. And yeah. so we want to continue to develop guys that way and just just keep moving them uh, in that direction. We're going to ask Kalani about this as well. But we spent a lot of time talking about legacy families: Peely, Rex, Kafusi, Tui Pelotu. Wilson Romney Romney what what is it about that connection in BYU with with this year specifically bringing in all these legacy kids you know I think it's just uh I don't know if it's a, okay so when you're talking about uh the Peelys and the Kafusis defensively we uh we made the comment and we kind of made the decision back then we were like hey new recruiting philosophy 
recruit Peelys and recruit Gofusis. That's just okay. If their last name is <laughs> that, go easier. get them. Yeah. 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 But then some of these other guys, they just come from phenomenal families. They come from talented families, and and uh, we're lucky enough to to be able to get some of those guys that have that have all ended up here, you know, and, and uh, that's, I think it's a cool thing. It's the same thing with, with Coach Hitaka and his little brother TJ that played here. Um, I think, you know, you get a great athlete that, that, that comes in and, and uh, does his deal and fits in and, and knows the in and outs of the program. It's easier for them to sell it to their younger siblings when they end up coming in, and you just end up getting a big BYU family that way. Coach, busy day. Uh, we know that you, you have a lot to do. Congratulations on uh, a very, very intense and passionate recruiting time period, and con- congratulations on all the signees. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, he. Coming up, Kalani Sitake on the class of 2020. And uh, does he still like the tan and navy? <laughs> does he like tan? We know he likes royal. We know that. Uh, more of signing day with the head ball coach up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tan's the worst. Hopefully he hates it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and number two men's volleyball host rival and seventh-ranked UCLA. Thursday night, top ten matchup on BYU TV at 9 Eastern Time. Welcome back to Signing Day 2020 on BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now, the head football coach at Brigham Young University, Kalani Satake, who once upon a time was a recruit in his own right. But things are much different these days, Coach. Uh, what was signing day like for you way back? I know we talked about this before, but re- yeah, nothing everyone. like this. But I, I think it's probably trending that way a little bit with the early signing period. But uh, yeah, it wasn't anything special. Like I said, signed your 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 uh, papers, and then back then we faxed it and went to seminary. That's the that's the way it was. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, let's jump right in. Devonte Henry Cole. This is a big get at running back. Uh, what will he do for BYU? Yeah, he'll be joining a great running um, back core and, and looking at the group that we have, a lot of guys with experience. And, um, you know, most of that is because of some injuries that happened along the along the season. But um, just a great individual. And, and A-Rod did a great job recruiting him along with Fessy. And we've had some great help from, um, you know, people in the biology department and just having some uh, – It's that was the special part about the whole all the recruiting process, that not just the coaches but and the – the assistants did a great job, but it's our players getting on campus and getting to meet the faculty and staff, teachers, people that care about them, and and being having that interaction is something that he felt really comfortable with and wanted to commit right away, and that that was a something that we really wanted to happen too. So we're glad he's a part of the team, as well as the other signees. Yeah, we uh, talked with Elisa Tuyaki about the legacy families. I'm interested to get your thoughts. Peelys, Kafusis, you want to recruit them. But also now Josh Wilson, the younger brother of Zach Wilson, and Romney's, and Tui Pelotu's, and Rex's. Um, how do you manage that family pipeline and uh, manage to keep going to the ball to find this great talent? That's, that's always the, the, the family part has always been part of the BYU. It's not just new, uh, something that's recent. I mean, the Youngs, you know, you've heard that, those names before, and you You've heard a bunch of different names. Satakes and Reynolds and yeah, I mean, the, yeah, you can keep going. Even the Staleys, people forget about the Staleys yep. and and uh, I mean, we've we've always had uh, the family connection here and and um, you know we're we're fortunate to have uh, these these younger brothers and 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 so a lot of them their parents uh, were part of the BYU family too. So uh, you know this this is something that that makes a lot of sense and. When you recruit them, it's it's um, crazy. You look at these these kids that have been committed. Petey's been committed for a long time, and you you look at his situation. He had two older brothers that have signed with us already. 
committed, didn't really care about the recruiting process, you know, and, and, uh, and then you have a guy like, um, like Tate who, who, who took a while to, 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 to do it. And, and he wanted to go through his own journey of it. And, uh, they all came to the same conclusion that this is where they want to be. And, uh, just fortunate that we have great big brothers and, and parents that, that allow their sons to make, um, big time decisions and, and something that will impact the rest of their life as, as living proof of that myself, being a former player here. The Super Bowl, I, I, Loved uh, some of the interesting metrics related to the stars, you know, and it was m- like the majority were three stars, and that's kind of where this class is, and BYU mm-hmm. tends to be occasional some four stars, right? Uh, can you explain how you guys evaluate talent versus third parties where fans may see, oh, BYU is 70th in ranking and recruiting or something, but to mm-hmm. you guys, you're not concerned about that? No, because, uh, I mean, it, first of all, that doesn't really matter to me. I, I'm looking at uh, a five-star character as a person, and uh, and the potential to grow. Now, uh, you know, when we have the missionary program, that's one of those things where you sign guys and you're like, yay, see you in a couple of years, you know. And that's today. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and, and, and those guys have to go into the developmental part because you don't see them for a couple of years. And, um, but you get them back, you know. But in the meantime, you sign another part of the class that, um, that have to be more guys that are game ready. And we've kind of done that a little bit more this year than years past. And, and we've kind of been trending that way because we know that we're getting a lot of developmental guys that we've been hit with a different type of schedule where we're dealing with injuries. I mean, it was said to me that we have we've have the most amount of number of starters that have started than any other team in the country. That's not really anything to brag about. We just have to get healthy and find ways to stay healthy. And then Really? Um, more injured starters than any other yeah, team? And, this and, past season, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, this past season. And But that, like I said, that's not something you should like be tipping your cap at. That's something that you should be saying, hey, let's get this fixed. And um, it's good that we have – we've tested our depth. I've been talking about depth for years now. And now part of the depth is that getting guys that can be developmental but having more guys that are game ready. And uh, a lot of these guys have made big-time plays, and I think they're going to come in here with the type of attitude. And, and um, you know, um, I think just the, the readiness to be on the field, it's not going to be too big for them. And so uh, looking forward to that. I think you heard E talk about the difference between – Chris Wilcox when he was a freshman and Isaiah Heron. That's we've seen part of it when Chris Wilcox was going through that his freshman year and, and that was really all we had to turn to and now we have a stable of guys that we think we can pick from that are ready and that are progressing and then they'll compete and the best will play and that's in every position, but um we need more depth and we need more game ready guys. BYU head football coach Kalani Satake with us on signing day. You had nine mid year additions, and this is always tricky because they come back at different times, so you've got to decide who's going to redshirt, who's going to sit out a full year, and who's going to contribute immediately. When you look at the mid-year additions, what guys do you see contributing immediately for the 2020 season? Well, all these guys are great players. I mean, you have the list of them with Preston Lewis, Tyler Batty, Andrew Slack, uh, Caleb Christensen, Bentley Hanshaw, Seth Willis, Ryan Rico, uh, Mesa Fakahua, who's listed as an athlete, but he, he he's had he had quarterback offers, right? And Fisher Jackson, another great athlete that can play at the end line of scrimmage, a DN or a linebacker. And uh, those guys are all with us right now. And, and um, you know, looking at them, like Ryan Rico's got a strong leg. He's a great athlete. I mean, he's he's got a long frame. And um, guys like Tyler Batty is a guy that uh, we, we knew wasn't going to be ready in August and had some time to, to get ready for now in, in January. He, I think we're looking for big things from him at the DN position. But all those guys that I named I think could, could really contribute and have a – have a place in the depth chart um, this this fall and then starting the spring, you know, and then we're adding Tanner Baker, Ben Tuipolotu, who's Peter's, Petey's older brother, um, Campbell Barrington, who's Clark's brother, and 
Connor Pay, Tyson Lewis, those guys are really good players, and then three of them are O-linemen, one tight end, and one D-lineman. So we're bringing some bulk and some size back uh, for the fall. So I'm looking forward to these guys joining our, our, our program, and I remember a couple of years back, I was going, man, I can't wait for these guys to get back, and now they're here. So, <laughs> now they're here, bang. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun seeing them make plays and, and looking forward to it. Well, and certainly uh, I'm guessing a contract extension helps uh, you solidify some of these commitments as well. Hey, everything could change, uh, you know, with, with how the world goes, but I, all I know is that we're living for 2020 right now, and I'm focused on that. I, I'm just thankful that we have an administration that's confident in me and, and confident in what the program is doing and just looking forward to making all the fans happy. Just no tan in the future, right? <laughs> no, that, that, I, I go for thinning things. So the, the slimming, <laughs> uh, the black. Let's bring it back because it's Darker only colors, only yeah. for the sake of my ego and making me look thinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coach, it's great to have you with us. Congratulations Thanks, on Coach. Coach, appreciate class. you guys. Thank hey. you. Coming up, we put a bow on signing day. It is the fifth recruiting class for Kalani Satake and his staff. Five already. Some yeah. rise and shout outs to go along with it. This is BYU Sports Nation. A fast and furious BYU Sports Nation on signing day. You can always subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. It goes on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio podca- or, uh, apps as well. They're yeah. free. There you go. Download them. Our elite voice of the day, kind of summing up all things signing day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Uh, and it comes from at BF Webster on Twitter. This is the uniqueness of BYU's signing class. He says, when you're 67 and seeing mission first BYU football signees, a little voice in your head whispers, gee, I wonder if I'll live long enough to see him play. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> and then three laugh slash crying emojis. Okay. okay. And I think he continues, right? Uh, you're going to make it. He says, my mom's 95 and still going strong. So, yeah, I likely will, but still. Yeah. Uh, no, it sometimes it feels like an eternity in the offseason, right? But no, this is exciting. Devontae Henry Cole is a big signing for BYU. That we, we discussed, hey, BYU needs to address this with some immediate help. BYU has some good talent, but signing DHC, run DHC. Run DHC. It's a good thing for BYU. That's All right. Awesome. Quickly, some rise and shout outs. Jeremy, who you got? All the signees, welcome to BYU. This is a great place. Uh, a unique place, an amazing place. Tough schedule. Let's go, baby. 2020. My rise and shout-out goes to the BYU coaches. Recruiting is a bear, man. So much travel. It's good. And so much time. That's, it's a lot of hard work. Well done. Our thanks to today's guests, Jeff Grimes, Eli Tuwiaki, and the head coach, Kalani Satake. Uh, Julian wants the ball. I'm throwing it to him. There we go. Uh, no time for Dennis Pitta. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> We're Jeremiah Spencer. Shout-out to Peter Tuipolotu. Stay tuned for Mark Pope and his show coming up after the break.